This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to do a fun show for you our mock draft 3.0 post combine mock draft. Welcome in. Yeah. Um, I love these shows. These are always, um, uh, fun. They're always, um, they're just fun to prep for fun to do fun to talk about. Um, I went out of my way this time to try and draft different players than in, in the last two, um, rather than having seen the same guys and the same names over and over again. Yeah. Um, I did was mostly, mostly the same was a little challenging to do so because there's some guys I really like and when right. they're sitting there when I'm going to pick and I'm like, nope, can't take them because I took them last time. That makes these drafts a little harder, but I think it'll make for a fun show. So um, yeah, let's just jump right into it. So I I know that we, I traded down from five. I, went I down traded to, down from five also. Yeah, I traded down to, um, to eight and you traded down to nine if I'm... Remember right. Me, right. So what, what was your philosophy here? What was available to you? Do you remember? Um, I still have my draft open so I can, I, I yeah, can, I can look at, look at it too. Um, really? I mean, there was Will Anderson jr. Was there. I could have taken him yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but Same. also there was a bunch of other guys I liked and yeah. I was just I'm like, okay. Um, the, you know, the quarterbacks that I wanted to take were gone. Um, and so therefore I like that. I, if I would have taken them at five, uh, they, they weren't there. And so I went ahead and moved down um, and picked up an extra pick. Cause I'm like, if I'm going to go defense, then I am, I, I can do that at eight and get an extra second round pick. Yeah. My philosophy was CJ Stroud and Will Anderson were there. Um, Jalen Carter was off the board and uh, Anthony Richardson was gone. Christian Gonzalez was gone. Will Levis was gone. CJ Stroud was available. Miles Murphy, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson. 
I decided, you know, there were three or four guys there that I could um, select from. I chose a partner uh, to do that. It'd be really interesting for me to see what kind of premium is actually put on this trade back. If Seattle is at five and a team really wants to come up, say it's CJ Stroud sitting there. Um, I would expect that Seattle may get like a 20% premium on return um, mm-hmm. for, a, for a move back like like what happened to us. You traded back to eight, I traded to nine. It wouldn't surprise me if we get more compensation than maybe we're allocating in this. Oh, I would agree, especially if a guy like CJ Stroud um, gets past Indy and is sitting there like that becomes a uh, that becomes a premium spot. Someone's going to pay a pretty penny to get up into that spot and take them. And I'm okay with that. What compensation did you get for the eighth for Um, trading back three spots? Pick uh, 44. Okay. And I I dropped back to uh, to nine and I picked uh received pick 39 in return so yeah you got a better um you dropped Move back, back one well, more spot. further but you got um you got yeah, more it's so. similar value similar yep um, all right so, so what'd you at, do at eight um like i said i i moved back because uh richardson and and cj stroud were there um the guy that was um bryce young was sitting there and so i moved back with the idea that knowing that um he would be the guy someone would come up for and Will Anderson. And so I moved back behind um, the Raiders, which gave Will Anderson to the um, Falcons who moved up with me. The Raiders took Bryce young, who I don't want. And it, that left me with Will Levis at eight um, to be Seattle's long-term solution at quarterback, which I know wow. you, which I know you don't like, but I, I, yeah. I, uh, I do not have the same reservations about, uh, yeah, Will Anderson went to the Falcons in my draft as well at eight. Um, at nine, uh, players available to me were Tyree Wilson, Joey Porter Jr., Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Paris Johnson, etc. Really not a lot of value there. The only obvious pick for me was Tyree Wilson, which I went with. Uh, with some reservation, I felt like I wanted to get a player like that uh, to me a, a little bit later but I wasn't going to make two trades up at the top and piss off the entire (laughs) Seahawks community out there. Uh, Just trading back alone from five is going to, you know, rub half the population wrong anyway. But Mm -hmm. the, the, the thought process is we did resign Geno Smith on a three-year deal. It's a two-year deal. If you really look at the details, um, that gives us an opportunity here to develop a quarterback, but do, do we develop a quarterback if, with our first pick in the, in the first round at five overall, I'm not sure they could definitely do that. If a guy's there that they really like, especially if it's Richardson, I think that's the type of prospect that you really try to take a swing on. Uh, but Stroud's definitely the safer pick. Um, but Tyree Wilson's not a bad player. I, um, you had mentioned it in our last show when we talked about edge players in general, about how Tyree Wilson was kind of coming on a little bit in your, um, in, in your world, as far as a player that, that might be available to Seattle and would be a good player to, to mm-hmm. select six, six, 271 pounds, extreme wingspan at 86 inches, a uh, little slower plotting along at four, eight, two forty, but at 271 pounds, that's not bad. Super athletic, defends the edge really well, defends the run. Seattle needs that 
has a great repertoire of pass rush moves currently and can only get better. So it's a good solid pick. I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, then moving down, you have the next pick because you did not trade down from 20. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of doubled up on the defensive line, uh, in this pick, uh, went with three tech defensive tackle, Kalaja Kansi out of Pittsburgh. Now, uh, a lot of folks, uh, are going to love this pick, um, just for the upside, the athleticism, the, the traits that he has, but he is undersized six, one, 281 pounds. Um, but you take a look at Aaron Donald, they almost look exactly the same as prospect six, one, 281, 280, uh, four, six, here. Um, he was a little faster. Uh, uh, also Aaron Donald had 32 inch arms. Kansi has 30 and five, eight inch arms. So it's, it's not long, but he makes it up, uh, with leverage and, um, and quickness and agility, uh, underneath it's, it's a good pick, a good solid pick. I think at 20, it's a little earlier than I wanted to take that kind of a prospect again. Uh, but I was happy with the pick. Yeah, so I traded down from 20 again. So this is Seattle's the second time Seattle's been on the clock with their pick and traded down. Um, and this pick, I gave, I got pick 25, but I also picked up um, pick 89 in the draft. So I got um, ended up nice. moving down twice, one one from 5 to 8, one from 20 to 25. And in that process, I got an extra, extra second round pick and an extra third, um, which gave um, the Seahawks seven picks in the top 90. Um, that's which crazy. is, yeah, which is like, that's a lot of talent. Um, and at the 25th pick overall, I picked up Elijah Cansey out of Pittsburgh. Same guy you just, you just did wow. for a lot of the same reasons. Um, people, he's undersized if you're looking at him as a defensive tackle, but yes. you're looking at him as a three, four defensive and compare his, um, you know, size, weight numbers to, um, Shelby Harrison, you're going to see that, yeah. um, he's a guy yeah. that can play that position. And, um, that's the way I see him. I see him as a, as a, a, uh, three, four defensive end in the Shelby Harris mold and at the five tech. And would I'm you, okay with that. Would you, okay. So Puna Ford, Shelby Harris is under contract, but it's elevated, uh, mm-hmm. with, with low dead cap, uh, weight on it. So we could cut him or recalculate his deal. Uh, do you bring Puna Ford back and 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 have Cansey on one side, Puna Ford on the other with a nose tackle? It depends on who your nose tackle is, um, and it depends on the cost to get Puna Ford back. I I don't have a problem with bringing Puna Ford back. Uh, I would rather have him back than than Quentin Jefferson, um, simply because I think he's a better player. Um, I know Pete Carroll feels like Puna's a nose, and he's just so undersized. I just don't know if he's, he's just a, the right fit a, in our He was a fine nose when they played a uh, 4-3. Yeah. Um, but when they moved to the 3-4, he was too undersized that you need a guy that's like 335 um, at the nose in, in a 3-4, and yeah, that's agree. not Puna. That's not who what Puna Ford is. So they moved him over to, to, to the 3-tech uh, this last year, and he didn't do as well, but I still think that you know, he did better than some of the other guys on the roster. That defensive line was overall a weakness. So yeah, it's not I think like if he's surrounded with better players overall, he's 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 a better player. Yeah. Okay. So you went with Kansi. That's good. I think you know Seattle would fall in love with that uh, pick mm-hmm. as a player. I mean, he's just a tenacious guy, uh, high motor, never ends, never stops. Um, he'd be a great fit. 
Okay. So I stayed at 37. You've got 37 as well. Yep. Um, okay. So with my 37th pick, I went and I stayed on the, on the defensive line now. So I went triple down on the defensive line because we needed to fix this thing. We were horrible against the run. We couldn't stop anything. We couldn't, you know, we were at times ineffective getting to the, um, to the passer or at least disrupting timing and all that stuff. I chose the heartbeat of the defense with this pick because in a three, four, your nose tackle is one of the most important positions. And I got Mozzie Smith at 37. I was ticked because he's I, the perfect fit for this defense. That as a great pick, super athletic, 335 pound nose tackle. He's a guy I wanted. Uh, I was kind of targeting in this draft, but I didn't know if 37 was the right spot for him. I was kind of hoping that he'd, he'd hang around um, to 44, which was my mm -hmm. next pick. Mm -hmm. He didn't. He went 42. Um, so I, 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 I risked it and failed. Yeah. Um, but at 37, I went with um, Keon White, um, edge player to Georgia Tech. And I know I said that I was trying to go with guys that I hadn't, you know, that aren't the same, where I'm not picking the same guys. And I picked Keon White before, but I do think he is a great fit as a pass rushing outside linebacker for Seattle, a guy that could come up, rush the passer, do good stuff coming around the edge and really put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And after, you know, getting a, you know, a, a down lineman um, in the, you know, with the sec last pick, getting that outside guy, the edge guy that, that can get around the edge was uh, important. And so getting Keon White really fixed a, a big need for me. And now here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, I mean, Keon White is 5, 6, 5, extreme length. He's quick enough at 4, 6, 9. Um, just classic uh, high upside um you know high floor athletic freak kind of a player um you and i both kind of had the same thing in this draft i think we were definitely gonna fix the defense um so uh my pick at 39 this is the pick i received in trading back from five to nine picked up 39 and i picked john michael schmitz the offensive uh center out of minnesota uh, it's a it's a great fit as far as his um, his ability. He's a good mm -hmm. scheme fit. He's a, he's the best center in the draft, and solved that interior um, offensive line problem as well. So I'm I'm sticking to the trenches so far. Yeah, that's a, a that's a great pick. I freaking love it um, because it fits Seattle's needs. It's the best center in the draft. Guy that 
looks dominant um, on tape, even playing at Minnesota against bigger, um, more talented teams like Ohio State, um, you know, Michigan, Penn State. Uh, he went in and looked good and looked really good in those games. So uh, I love that pick and I matched it with pick 44, which was what I got um, for trading down from uh, from five to eight. I picked up pick 44 and I got, grabbed the same guy, John wow. Schmidt uh, out of Minnesota. Wow. Interesting. Now, Weipler uh, out of Ohio State is another player I would consider uh, a little later in this draft, but similar in, uh, fit wise. Uh, so if we don't end up having Schmitz available um, to us and, and who knows what's going to happen in this draft, he could end up going in the back of the first round. Um, mm -hmm. There's other there's a couple other players that that are available at center uh, a little later on. Um, OK, so native pick time uh, 52. What 52. do you got? Um, I doubled up on the interior offensive line uh, and went with Cody Mock oh, uh, out nice. of out of North Dakota State, a guy that played tackle um, in college because he was at North Dakota State, will move inside in the NFL. But man, that guy's got uh, he's got quick feet. He's got uh, that attitude that like a guy that's just going to run people over, drive people into the ground. Um looks like he's going to be either guard or center, um, you know, and in, in the NFL and looks like he's going to be a really good one. And honestly, even though I just took Schmidt, I couldn't stop myself from, from taking another one and solving the right guard, uh, problem. Uh, and so now you've got your center, your right guard, you picked up, uh, both of your starting tackles last year. That's a really young offensive line, but damn, is it good? Yeah. Wow. Nice. Okay. So I've taken uh, three defensive players and one offensive player. I go back to the defense on pick number 52. Uh, I had a choice. I had a real difficult choice here. Um, I had my eye on Hendon Hooker as a quarterback that I would consider as bringing in a developmental quarterback. Mm. It'd be the perfect scenario for Seattle. Um, and he was there. And I, many mocks that I've done, I've been able to also have him there at 83. And so I took a I took a chance and I went with Jack Campbell, middle linebacker out of Iowa at 52 overall. I just thought it was a better value, better need, immediate need for Seattle right out of the gate. And um, I'm, I was intent on going into this draft to fix the the defense. And I'm, I'm really happy with this pick. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, so the next pick is 83, which... That's a native pick, if I remember right. Yeah, um, correct. And I got down here at 83 and was looking defense again all the way because I've actually drafted three of my first five on offense, quarterback, two interior linemen. Um, granted, I do have the defensive tackle and the outside linebacker um, with those other two picks, but I went interior linebacker with Oregon's uh, Noah Sewell. Um, yeah, that's a great pick. A highly athletic guy, tackling machine as an interior linebacker. Um, he would come in and start right next to Jordan Brooks if Brooks was healthy. Instead, he's going to probably start next to Cody Barton until Brooks is healthy. Um, and then Brooks will slide in. But pairing him with Brooks is going to be uh, what's going to help make that interior um, linebacking area a strength yeah. for Seattle. Wow. You and I are on the same page on this thing, aren't we? Um, okay. So in, at 83, 
Hendon Hooker went shortly after I made that 52nd overall pick. He, he went like 58. Um, and, and a whole bunch of other players I really like came off the board. I really like Byron Young out of Tennessee. I'm hopeful that he's around. Um, Jalen Jones had a, had a, uh, not quite as good performance on, at the 40 at the combine at a cornerback position. I was interested in seeing what he would do. Um, my best value pick, uh, was another, uh, great tester at the combine and had a great season at the safety position, Sidney Brown, the safety out of Illinois. Um, he's like six foot, 211 pounds, big hitter is scheme diverse, kind of a hybrid guy can play closer to the line of scrimmage and kind of a strong safety role can play a little bit in the slot, but can also go to the free safety spot Had an excellent, um, 40 at, at four, three, nine. Um, so he's got the speed, he's got the, the, the straight line speed, uh, to, uh, to be a guy that can cover over the top. Yeah. Um, I looked at him and, and was, was, was at, at one point and thought about that, but I, I honestly, as much as Seattle needs to get a safety in this draft because the it's just one of those positions that's kind of in flux at the moment. You got two guys that are taking up um, far too much cap room and I think are going to um, disappear sooner rather than later. Um, I couldn't find one that I really like in mm-hmm. this draft. This is not a it's good not a, it's not a safety class that that is really good. Yeah. Sidney Brown is one of the few. Uh, he was he was the most athletic as far as next gen stats from mm-hmm. Amazon. He was one of the, he was the highest athletic score at the combine for, for defensive backs at 89 overall. So he's just a physical, very athletic guy, had a, you know, great vertical, um, at, um, 40 and a half inches and, um, you know, on a one, five, one split, I think he can play free safety for Seattle. Yeah. So the, um, the two guys you mentioned that you wanted, but they, they disappeared. Hendon Hooker went 90, um, In so your he would have. In my yeah. draft, he would have yeah. been available to you. And Byron Young went 85. He also would have been available to you. So uh, it's not a bad thing for you to be looking at those guys in this position, but it just didn't work out. Right. In the end, I, I still think you got a you got a decent player there. Um, you know, I went with Sewell there. The at 89, though, this is the pick that I got for trading down from um 20 to 25. That's a I great would, spot, by the way. The, these these picks under a hundred in this draft are like coveted mm-hmm. because there's a lot of good players. And I went wide receiver, um, which I did not expect going mm-hmm. in that I was going to mm-hmm. take a wide receiver um, with any of these top, uh, you know, day one, day two picks. But uh, A. T. Perry, um, wide receiver mm-hmm. out of out of Wake Forest, six three and a half, um, one hundred ninety eight pounds. Uh, around a four four seven, so not elite speed, but still really good speed, um, good jump, good you know, good jumping, a highly athletic guy. Um, you know, he's got that length. He can um, he can run, so it's going to make him a, a deep threat on the outside. He's a guy that um, gives you someone who can play opposite um, DK Metcalf. You can move Lockett more inside, which I think. Uh, as he gets older, will be a better fit for him. Um, corner, you know, he he runs routes much better than you'd expect for a guy that's that tall. Um, you know, quick and in, in his ability to change direction. I, um, you know, not the not the best at this point in his you know development at beating press coverage. So I think that's 
one of the things that's going to push him down a little bit, but overall um, is a guy that um, I think can be a, a very productive NFL receiver. Nice. Andy Perry. Nice. I like that. Um, so this is kind of the separation in the draft for me. You know, we picked it uh, 83, all the picks so far have been, you know, fairly close together uh, anywhere from 10 to 15 to 20 picks apart. And, and now the jump uh, from 83 to 123. So we're missing out on, you know, quite a few different prospects here. And so at this point in the draft, I'm just looking to add value, add um, a diversity of skill sets, add players that could make the roster, could do special teams, maybe have a special role. Um, I lucked out with this guy. Uh, a lot of mocks that I'm doing, uh, he's gone by this point. Uh, Rashawn Johnson, the running back out of Texas was sitting there at 123 and you knew um, it, right? If, no, he's, not, if he's there in this draft, I'm taking him. Not only did I know it, I also took Rashawn Johnson at 123 wow. running back out of Texas. Elite yeah. athleticism, a lot of mileage left on the, on the tires because he was the, he was the second option at running back in Texas yeah. because the other guy is a top, you know, 20 pick, um, one, a rare first round, uh, running back. And so he, he had to split time with that. He didn't get as many carries, but athletically he looks good. Um, mm -hmm. power, speed, 219 pounds. Yeah. Uh, does a lot of things, um, really well. Uh, and I think he'd be a great counter punch to what, um, uh, Ken yes. Walker Jr. does, and yes. so I took exactly the same player as you at exactly yeah. the same spot, which yeah. I find freaking hilarious. So That's, that is funny. So he's just a model of consistency. His running style is determined. He breaks a lot of tackles. Uh, he's had one career fumble. He hasn't had a ton of yard uh, carries, but one fumble out of that. It's so very dependable. He's a good blocker in the past game. Um, so it's a good pick at this point in the draft. It's the best value on the board. Mm -hmm. all right so now you moved all the way down to, to 153 yes um so we've dropped from from uh, <laughs> 83 to 153 um here very very quickly right uh, and and we've also got to a point where now we're looking in guys you're you're, you're hoping for upside you're looking for you're not getting guys that are uh, day one starters most likely um and i went back to where we started um, and that would be uh, the defensive line and went with um, Keandre uh, Coburn out of Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, big guy, 335 pound nose tackle. Nice. Um, just a, a guy that athletic for 335 pound nose tackle uh, offers you very little in terms of rushing the passer. It's not who he is, but man, you are not moving him uh, against the run. He is going to over. He is going to overpower centers and guards trying to push him. Um, and if you're in a zone, if you're running a zone scheme where you're asking him to, you know, you're, you're saying, Hey, these big guys can't move laterally. Well, you're going to run into problems because Coburn can move laterally. He's got um, a weird amount of agility for a guy that size. Um, even though he doesn't have the speed and explosiveness to come forward, he can move laterally as well as anyone, um, you know, at, at defensive tackle. And, uh, you're going to struggle moving him. And this guy, pure run stuffer up the middle, two down, um, nose tackle. And I, you know, you're getting that at 153. I'll take it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, that's the, uh, you know, if you're not going to get Mozzie Smith and stuff, this is where you're going to find get these type of guys in the draft. And, um, so that's a great spot. The other thing to, to watch for when the actual draft happens is we pick at 153 and 156. Mm-hmm. Seattle may use one of these to drop, uh, drop out. Um, what, what I mean by that is, is take a future sixth round pick or something, uh, to, to drop, uh, to trade out of this pick or, or a future fourth, like a 2024 fourth round pick. They mm-hmm. also may elect to take a, you know, a, a later fifth round pick and maybe a seventh round pick that's in the two. 30 to 40 range. Now we've got a pick that's 238 um, in in this uh, draft as well. A lot of the mock drafts that you're going to be doing right now don't indicate that we've got that pick. Just keep that in mind. We do have 738 or 739. Um, Okay. So with this pick, 153, I went with best player available and special teams kind of pick. I went back to the well, the wide receiver well that is Ole Miss. And uh, where DK Medcalf uh, came from, Jonathan Mingo um, is the best value pick mm. on the board here. Uh, I think he's underrated, 6'1 and 3'8", three, three 226 pounds, uh, shorter uh, arm, uh, shorter arms at 32 inches. Uh, but he kind of carried, there's a mass about him. Like he's a big, stocky, like sturdy wide receiver that's going to win contested balls for you he's a good uh, route runner slot uh type receiver as well um can can win on the outside uh with with his speed um he's just kind of a instant acceleration twitched up kind of an athlete at that size believe it or not and he's he just needs some refinement um he's good at tracking and catching the ball he's got good hands but he doesn't have a lot of experience he comes from old miss they don't run a lot of routes for those wide receivers there. And so um, same sort of deal with DK Metcalf. I figured I'd give it a shot again. Yeah, no, that's um, uh, track record with uh, Seahawks and um, old miss receivers is pretty good. Um, I also at, at one, well, the next, the next pick one fifty six, I went wide receiver, uh, which for me is my second wide receiver. Um, but I went with Ronnie bell um, wide receiver out of Michigan, a guy that, um, yeah, Six, he's six foot, um, one ninety one, uh, four five four forty. Again, not elite speed, but great three cone under five seconds, and um, is a guy that you watch his tape from this year, and you're like, uh, you can see why he's not going early. Go back and watch it from twenty twenty one before his ACL injury, and you see a guy who was probably going to be a late round one, maybe early round two pick. Um, And then he just doesn't look fully back in um, in 2022. He kind of rushed back to be ready um, to help his team out. Uh, I think given another off season and a chance, you know, him to continue to um, rehab and work, he'll be back to what he was, uh, you know, pre-injury in 2021, which gives you a chance at a guy that has, you know, could be, a starter caliber receiver in this league and you're getting him down at 156 you know that to me that's it's worth the risk nice nice excellent um my 156 pick was nick herbig the linebacker out of wisconsin yep. um he's uh 6'2 240 pounds 31 and a quarter inch arms which is the rub on him mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't have the length that you're looking for on the outside wisconsin played him as more of an edge guy 
outside linebacker off the ball. He'll be an, but also, he'll be an interior linebacker at the NFL, in my exactly, opinion. Exactly, yes. There's a lot of talk and speculation that um, he's a guy that uh, in a 3-4 in a scheme, he would play uh, middle linebacker. And I think that's a great fit for him. He ran a four six five forty. It's not he not terribly fast, but he's got the agility. He's got the size at two forty to kind of work through blocks. Um, he's a good tackler. Um, you know, he needs to work on some some playing strength and, and you know all that kind of stuff. That's why he's a fifth round kind of a guy, but comes from a good program. Um, good special teams pick at this point, and hopefully he can develop. Yeah, I mean, this is a a draft and develop kind of guy, um, but a a guy that has the potential. I mean, athletically, to me, he looks like an interior linebacker. I think you could bring him in and have him push uh, Cody Barton right away. I, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Cody Barton's um, going to be, you know, uh, Cody Barton is undersold as athletic. Um, Cody Barton's going to be a little bit more athletic than Nick Herbig would be. And a little yeah, but, longer, but but Herbig's a better tackler. Yes. So absolutely. And takes better angles, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the next pick um isn't for a while. We got like 40 some picks before Seattle um picks again, uh all the way down at 198, which if you are looking at um you know these mock drafts that don't have seattle's uh seventh round pick reinstalled yet um this is the last pick yeah yeah so for me i got my quarterback to develop in this pick um dorian thompson robinson out of mm. ucla 6'2, 203 pounds um ran a four five six forty super athletic one five one split so he's got the ability to you know work around the pocket a little bit escape ability um, mobility. He's got an, a decent arm. Uh, if you watch him at the combine, he made all the throws. He looked like one of the better quarterbacks uh, out there working on all the uh, all the the throwing drills, the agility drills, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he's probably a career backup, uh, but you never know. Uh, Brock Purdy came in as a career backup and and led his team to the NFC Championship game. So you just never know how that is going to go. And and you take a shot on a guy like that in a late round you just take a flyer and that's what this is yeah um and he's only uh 47 years old at the time he's drafted um fifth, because he played your senior right because he played in um actually i think he was sixth year senior because of the covid thing uh he was in ucla i swear he was a ucla player back when i was in middle school no uh <laughs> the good thing about uh, no, Dor I'm, I'm, dorian is he improved every year he got better he and, and 2022 did. was his best year and uh, I make jokes because he he did have a long college career, um, but the truth is he's not he's not that old. He's younger than um, you know the guy from uh, BYU that is going to be drafted a hundred spots ahead of him, um, and yeah. who's he, yeah he was not nowhere near as athletic. Um, I like um, uh, DTR. If he was a little younger, I think he would go much much higher in the draft because as you're right, he has improved every single year but um when he was a you know uh his first year starting at ucla he looked bad like just genuinely not like a good player and he just continued to get better over the years and this last year he was a big reason for ucla's success um under chip kelly so, yeah yeah i i i think that that's a 
Um, that's an underrated underrated selection. Um, What'd you do? And and let uh, me ask you this: Did you also add a seventh round pick into this thing? I uh, have one picked out that, uh, but since it didn't show up, I'm like, oh, right. okay, we'll we'll call it. But it's kind of cheating. Yeah. <laughs> um, I cheated. I added one. Um, and so I went with um, Thomas Incun, um, an edge player out of Central Michigan, a mm. guy who's yeah. um, uh, 262 pounds but got long arms. Um, you know, four six six is not that is not fast for an outside linebacker, but he's a guy that at two sixty six can split time between outside linebacker against um the run and defensive end in obvious passing situations. Um and you know, just has uh a lot of upside, and that's what he is. I mean, a guy that um needs coaching um uh, to develop his pass rush moves and that kind of stuff but he's got athleticism outside of you know the 40 yard dash like his uh 10 yard split at 1.65 is pretty good um you know vertical jump of 30 and a half is good um just overall um athletic guy with a lot of um uh, strength and power in his game and has the ability to develop into um, a significantly better player given better coaching. So my, uh, my ad um, player, I went with, um, so we have a pick at 239. It's on, not on the mocks, um, but we have that pick. It's Houston's pick. Uh, currently, if you look on the mocks at 239, uh, the John Reed trade that we made never, um, never went through essentially. And we didn't have to give up the compensation because he never made the roster. And um, so we've got that. And it's an interesting place to be in the draft. There's a whole bunch of players there. And most people haven't even looked because uh, we just haven't had that pick. But I went with a player with tremendous upside that just showed up at the combine. He's not going to go in this area. I think he's going to be a huge riser if, if there is such a thing, at least in the mocks. Um, team NFL teams probably know about him. Yaya Diabe, the uh, edge rusher out of Louisville, 6'3", 263 pounds, ran a 4'5", 140, a 1'5", split, mm-hmm. um, three, uh, 33 and 7 eighths inch arms with a 81 and a quarter inch wingspan, 37 inch vertical, super athletic. Um, he looked like one of the best edge rushers at the combine in, in the drills, in the agility drills. Uh, doing uh, um, run 40, the, the split, the, you know, the vertical tie. And when you're picking in the seventh round, you know, late seventh round, you're just looking for a guy, a guy that can come in, potentially make the team, special teams work into a role, um, you know, give, give yourself a shot at a player. And, and that's what this is. Yeah. Um, I was, when I was looking at guys, he was a guy I considered because we talked about him in our last show as a, um, a late round edge rusher. And I just, I don't think he's going to last that long. I agree with you on that. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy that, that is interesting, just athletically, just very interesting. I've looked at him. I thought about that. I've also gone defense a lot. Um, and that would have mm-hmm. been a, that would have been a triple up. Um, forget doubling up. That would have been a triple. That, up at, that was a quadruple for me. Um, well, not just on the line, but actually add as an edge rusher. 
Gotcha. Um, it would have been, been would have been my third. Plus, I've got um, you know the defensive actual defensive lineman in there, um, both at three tech and at um, at nose tackle. So he would have been my fifth defensive lineman <laughs> if I'd gone that way. Um, I wouldn't so I just, hate it. We need so, it for sure. So I went in. I went in a different direction, and I wanted a guy that um, I honestly had no idea he existed before the combine. Um, and that would be Zach Kuntz um, out of Old Dominion, a tight end. Yeah, um, nice. Six, six foot seven, 255 pounds, um, four, five, five, 40, but at a one, five, seven, 10 yard split, which means he's got some explosiveness to him. 40 yard, 40 inch vertical, despite his size, um, three cone that rivals most wide receivers. Uh, at six, uh, eight, seven, and he's six, seven. Um, basically this is a guy yeah. who's a more, he's, he's as tall as Cody Parkinson, but a much more fluid athlete. Um, and will be cheaper. And yeah. on, did you watch, I mean, did you watch him at the combine Keith? Not, not live, but I went back and rewatched after you brought yeah, him up. I watched, and he, I watched, he's so yeah, smooth. For a guy that tall, yeah. you shouldn't like Cody Parkinson is a is a good athlete at you know at at six seven, but he kind of runs like a gazelle, right? He's got those super long legs and whatever. It's it's never pretty, but it's super effective. I didn't get that feeling from Zach Kuntz. Like he just looks mm. like a really smooth athlete, and he happens to be six seven two fifty five. So um, yeah, no, I love I yeah. love that. I mean four four five. Four five five forty. He ran a four one two short shuttle, which is elite. Um, uh, yeah. The one five seven split is you know in the eighty eighth percentile for his his size. The vertical at forty is ninety ninth percentile. Broad jump at one hundred twenty eight inches, ninety eighth percentile. Three cone at six eight seven. Those are the traits that Seattle drafts when they're looking for a tight end. Like anybody with those type of of elite testing results is going to be on Seattle's radar. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, with that extra pick, I mean, I, I I don't think that he's going to stick around at that point, but um, he ranked number 11th on Bruce Feldman's freak list just he's because the, he's just so the crazy. Most, he's the most athletic tight end in this draft. Yeah. Um, yeah. Significantly more athletic than the guys that are going to go in rounds one and two. And he looked better. He just looked better at, he, at doing the drills and receiving he, the ball and, and making looked, his cuts. He could have been a wide receiver um, in terms of just like, like I said, I went back and, and, and found, um, you know, him running drills on, um, you know, on the internet. And I'm like, God, he just looks so smooth as an athlete. And you aren't supposed to look that smooth as an athlete at that yeah. size. Fun. Yeah. It's fun. You know, finding players like that now old dominion right so he wasn't invited to the senior bowl there's no east west shrine game anything like that um so he went to the combine i don't even know how he got invited to the combine but he he was there and he made the most of it and so if he wasn't on anybody's radar before that they should definitely be looking him up he's he's got the traits where i don't see him lasting any any longer than the fifth round somebody would take a flyer on him seattle has two fifth round picks um that would be a perfect landing spot for for a guy like this you know and and yeah and he doesn't have a lot of pressure you know there's not a lot of pressure to make the roster seattle's already got three tight ends maybe he goes on to the practice squad um i don't know develop you know 
So that kind of that kind of speed and athleticism at that size. I mean, you're looking at a guy that can um, be out there on on uh, kick coverage, punt coverage, kick return, oh, yeah. punt return, oh, yeah. um, setting up and, and and just being a special teams mainstay with the knowledge that he's going to be a guy that's going to come in and play. The thing that that was interesting, um, you know, I can't find old Dominion tape, so I can't say um, with any, uh, you know, firsthand knowledge of, of watching him play. But the stuff that I've read says the guy's a willing blocker who just works hard. He may not have the great greatest form because he, well, coached by at a you know someone at old dominion but um is more than willing to put his body in there and, and do the things and with some good coaching and that kind of attitude like i could see him turning into a just a really nice player at that position so um grade wise on the on the draft i think we, we both came out of this thing pretty well the interesting thing for me is Trading back is definitely one of those things that John Schneider uh, has done in the past. Didn't do a lot of um, the last couple of years. A, we had three picks in the prior draft. Last year, we had all the ammunition we needed. This year, there's so much value with that fifth pick and the 20th pick. I'm just not sure that that he can be disciplined enough to stay there and, and pick uh, at that spot. The other thing that you've mentioned prior uh, is the value of these picks overall? There's there's a lot of draft picks already at ten, um, mm-hmm. or or eleven with that with that seventh round pick. How do they work that? I mean, do you do you go in? And it's hard because there's good players available. You can help your team this year, but does Seattle try to start stockpiling twenty twenty four picks? Do you know they might, um, especially if they if they are in a situation where they do want to trade down, it might be um, where, sure, you trade down from, you know, 20 to 25. I got a third round pick out of that. Um, maybe they choose to take a fifth round pick instead and a third round pick next year um, because a, you're, on, you're not going to get 13 rookies onto um, Seattle's roster. And right. so, you know, you're at, they're at 11 picks now. I ended up with um, moving down twice, picking up two more, having 13 with the idea that Thomas Incombe, maybe Ronnie Bell, um, you know, definitely Zach Koontz. These are guys that you can probably get onto uh, the practice squad. But overall, there's just, a, I mean, some of these guys are going to be in a fight to make it. Yes, uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with that because I want uh, any kind of that kind of competition brings out the it either brings out the best in the player or they fall off and you know that they're weren't that they're not worth keeping around. Um, so, you know, having that that competition is great. And uh, but you don't want to overdo that because now you're 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 spending a lot of resources on guys that aren't on your team. And those resources are valuable. So you got to yeah. be careful. Yeah, interesting. All right, fun. I think we've got another couple of of mocks before the um, before the draft in our schedule. Um, but our next show is going to be focusing on middle linebacker uh, position in a three four defense. Uh, definitely a position of need. So we're going to go through all those players as we talk about prospects uh, and continue on with safeties and corners as well. So I think we'll skip the kickers and the punters 
um, and, and the long snappers uh, this year as we do almost every year. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, thanks for the, the mock. It was fun. I enjoyed yours. Hopefully we've talked about some players that uh, some, some folks weren't familiar with and can start to, uh, to look up and, and uh, that's a fun process as well. So find Keith on Twitter. You can find him at, Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You know where the show's at. When you find it, hit the subscribe button and share it. Until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.